Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. This podcast is for those who want to learn how cities go about with the energy transition, how they take action with courage and creativity. Today we're in the French city of Lyon. Its neighborhood called Confluence is all about transformation. What once was a logistics and industrial site with a rather bad reputation has become one of Europe's biggest urban renewal projects. With a surface of 150 hectares, 600,000 square meters existing floor area and 1 million square meters of new buildings, this urban project takes up the challenge of our time. How can we create thriving places without overshooting the ecological ceiling? And today, how far is Confluence from meeting this objective? I've interviewed Etienne Vignali, who is project manager at the local public company Lyon Confluence. The company has been the development planner of the urban renewal project for 20 years. In this position, Etienne also coordinated the European Smarter Together project with 34 partners from eight countries. As you will hear, Etienne doesn't shy away from big challenges. Etienne, welcome and bienvenue to City Stories. Thank you. Let me begin by asking you um, to take us on a, on a short, let's say, vi virtual stroll through the neighborhood, because many people might not know how Lyon-Confluence looks like right now. How can you describe the neighborhood as it stands? So uh, Lyon-Confluence, it's a neighborhood in the city of Lyon in France. Uh, it's, uh, it consists of an extension of the city center in a territory of uh, 150 hectares, which looks like a kind of peninsula uh, between where the two rivers that cross uh, Lyon are merging. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a urban project that started at the end of the 90s and that will last until uh, uh, 2030. Um, overall, for the half of the territory, so there are overall new public spaces and one million square meter to be built. And half of the territory is the existing neighborhood that is uh, safe-kept and mm -hmm. where uh, many projects of uh, energy renovation uh, take place. So the aim is to extend the city center of Lyon. Uh, this means that uh, it's all the features of the city, uh, public spaces, public facilities, shops, office spaces, private housing, social housing. Uh, the aim is to build a new neighborhood for all the population. Okay, and, and I guess um, you would agree if, if I would call Lyon Confluence an, an urban laboratory, because that's also a bit the idea of testing some innovative methods or infrastructures. What, what did you experiment in, in those past 20 years? Yes, indeed. Due, due to the size of the territory and due to the uh, duration of the urban project, uh, the aim is not only to build or to renew or to make new public spaces, but also to take the opportunity of this uh, urban renewal uh, to innovate or to test new things uh, with uh, many uh, public and private stakeholders. So, for instance, there are uh, 
various topics of investigation since the beginning of the human project, but we can quote, for instance, um, the aspect related to biodiversity or public spaces, um, the topics related to the performance of buildings, so whether mm -hmm. it's environmental performance of new built building or renovated building. Um, some uh, so you have standards which are higher than the, the national ones? Yes, indeed. In fact, since uh, 15 years ago, 15 years ago and now, um, we set up guidelines and environmental requirements that are much higher and more demanding than the French regulation. So if we can quote also other topics of investigation, there is all the all what is related to renewable energy uh, production in the neighborhood, um, digital infrastructure to, to monitor and to evaluate what we are uh, doing, particularly mm -hmm. for the energy performance, and uh, some topics related to uh, healthcare and well-being in the city. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, you were just mentioning renewables. Let's take a closer look at, at that. Um, so you installed renewables on a number of buildings. What, what did you do exactly? Did you manage to convince um, stakeholders, different stakeholders, including citizens, to put them on? Was it difficult or not? So uh, we built uh, a new neighborhood in the city center. Uh, this means that we investigated uh, various or broad range of uh, technical solutions, but some solutions are just not applicable because we are in the city. So it's, for instance, uh, almost uh, impossible to put uh, wind turbines or, or mm. even to use uh, the river to produce energy. So the, the two main sources of renewable energy in the neighborhood and two main uh, infrastructure type of infrastructure for renewable energy, it's photovoltaic and it's a district heating system powered by uh, two-thirds of the of its energy mix uh, with the renewable uh, sources, so uh, energy and heating coming from waste incineration and heating coming from uh, biomass power plant uh, powered with uh, waste from forestry of the region. So uh, actually part of the fact that we managed to convince or to make uh, buildings connected to these uh, renewable energy sources, um, it's in the, the requirements we set up for the real estate developer by uh, making a high standard for renewable energy and by making our own regulation in a way. But that's only part of the solution because, for instance, for uh, renovated building or existing buildings, uh, we managed to uh, to set up a few uh, photovoltaic installations, for instance, but it's mm -hmm. easier to connect to the district heating because uh, we have many buildings that are quite small or don't, don't necessarily have a large area on their rooftop for the existing buildings. Mm -hmm. And uh, their rooftop uh, is already uh, uh, occupied by uh, ventilation, uh, antenna for television or telecom. So it's not that easy. Uh, there are technical constraints that make it difficult. And whether we talk about new buildings or existing buildings, uh, sometimes the difficulty doesn't necessarily come from technical or financial difficulties, but sometimes it's just a change of habits. And like mm -hmm. any change of habits for any project, uh, You've got uh, people who are willing to, to work on these uh, new new features and some mm -hmm. who are more reluctant. We are just part of the uh, part of the urban project. We are a new urban developer. Uh, this means that we don't own the buildings. 
our core business is to be the urban developer. So there are uh, topics on which is easier to work as urban developer than others. Mm. And uh, sometimes we are also in the middle of uh, many, uh, many stakeholders, many uh, influence, and it's not always that easy to do whatever we want or at the same pace uh, as we want. To come back to the renewables question, so you, you still managed to get renewables on a few um, buildings. How were these uh, financed? So uh, overall, if we look at the photovoltaic, uh, for instance, we have uh, now uh, 30 in photovoltaic installations in the neighborhood. We have uh, two megawatts of, of photovoltaic production in the neighborhood, which is quite important, but it's far from covering uh, all the electric need of the neighborhood. And there are many more in project. But um, what we uh, tested recently is to set up a collective self-consumption of photovoltaic within a building blocks, meaning that if you have uh, a lot of uh, flats or office spaces, the, all this group of private owners is going to own the photovoltaic installation on their rooftop and to share the energy coming from uh, uh, this installation. Um, what was a bit uh, difficult uh, to make is the fact that uh, the regulatory framework uh, is not always as advanced or, or doesn't make progress mm. at the same pace at the urban project. So sometimes you have to start several years before the construction to convince uh, many, uh, many um, stakeholders. Uh, and uh, the regulatory framework is not always ready. When it's ready, they are not necessarily uh, used to work with this regulatory framework. So, um, so, so I would say that uh, what makes the life easier or, or sometimes not easy, it's a combination of uh, technical uh, aspect, uh, financial aspect, legal aspect, and sometimes just uh, human aspect, such as uh, motivation mm -hmm. and interest. Mm, you, you touch upon an interesting point, which is being a pioneer is not necessarily the most uh, comfortable position. Which were your means to reach out to residents um, and to explain the objectives or the vision you have for this Lyon Confluence neighborhood, which is quite a, an unusual and, and really still very, very um, yeah, pioneering uh, district as well compared to others in Lyon? We have a, an expo house uh, that presents uh, the future of the urban project. Uh, we organize uh, event each time there is a new uh, a commissioning of the new buildings uh, to welcome uh, new inhabitants or new workers in the area. Uh, we are also uh, trying to um, um, uh, to to add the input of new inhabitants or new workers by uh, making a survey on the use or the assessment of the new buildings. For instance, uh, uh, several years after the commissioning of the building, we are making a survey with the inhabitants in their housing to to be able to understand uh, what has been done well and what would need to be improved for the next uh, construction. We do the same also for public spaces and sometimes we uh, modify a bit our public spaces because they didn't work as planned. And uh, a few years ago, we also started uh, to make a citizen-led uh, call for project uh, mm -hmm. to, uh, in which uh, a project led by citizen could be uh, selected and uh, 
in this way, we could uh, enrich some feature of the Uban project with new IDs. And uh, nice. which were these IDs? Uh, so in this case, um, we uh, managed to um, uh, to select uh, a project related to uh, circular economy and social bond uh, uh, called uh, Atelier des Nouveaux Design, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, has been um, um, uh, set up or installed in the ground floor of a social housing block. So it's a place where people can learn uh, techniques uh, to for to use or to make handicrafts uh, with recycled uh, materials, which is also a way to better connect a social housing block to the to the whole neighborhood. For instance, there was also uh, another project of a positive energy boat uh, led also by a citizen. So. Uh, it's additional features. It's not uh, the only way, but we try also to to test and to combine uh, many different interventions. Um, not only sometimes information, sometimes uh, survey, and sometimes uh, a project in in which uh, citizen can really uh, contribute um, with their ideas. Hmm. I, I can't hold back from also asking a question around the COVID-19 because this uh, pandemic is definitely has changed a lot our lives and is teaching us a lot around how we should and will live in the cities uh, in now and in the future and that we will need to adapt. Uh, and it forces us to rethink infrastructures and, and housing in a more flexible way. Do you think Confluence is already future-proof and already designed as a post-COVID district? Or would you plan it differently if you would have to start it um, all over now? It's a bit hard to answer. Uh, if we look at the, some great uh, upheavals uh, that we observed during the last years, uh, some are related to the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic, but some also are related to climate change. Uh, because uh, we can uh, see in the neighborhood, which is uh, in the city center, that uh, temperature also getting uh, warmer and warmer uh, each year. So uh, I wouldn't say that uh, despite all the effort we can make uh, in the urban project of Confluence, uh, it solves everything. But I would say that um, part of the solution or part of our contribution uh, lays in the fact that uh, many people in my company have been uh, uh, working uh, since many years and have been uh, trying to keep uh, some uh, some really strong um, uh, track uh, related to sustainable development and what maybe looked uh, 15 years ago or 10 years ago, um, maybe superfluous or maybe more demanding than the regulation, uh, actually appears to be still quite relevant. And uh, for instance, if we look at the general uh, public spaces or the, uh, the greening spaces or, or some uh, requirements uh, we make uh, to favor natural ventilation of uh, new flats with, uh, mm -hmm. for instance, windows on several facades, and recently, uh, we started to investigate it, uh, to investigate uh, a topic that is 
quite new for us, at least as urban developer, uh, healthcare and uh, well-being in the city by working with the real estate developer to uh, design, uh, work on the business model and, and build a healthcare house in order to contribute at the scale of the neighborhood to um, more preventive action to favor a good health of the residents. So uh, we are also working on reversible buildings now uh, in order to uh, facilitate uh, the change or the shift uh, from office uh, spaces to housings. So mm -hmm. there are many attempts. I would say that uh, it's in a good direction, but we are aware that whatever we do uh, is still one small contribution to very big changes uh, for which nobody for the moment has some magic uh, solutions magic answers. yeah <laughs> i think it's still quite yeah an unknown future for many people what what might help all of us also and especially you in in uh, such a neighborhood is um the digital solutions that was one of the big parts in the smarter together project and covid also made our lives far more digital you kind of already anticipated and in included this digital infrastructure in the project. How do you how do you use it? So uh, for the moment, uh, we try to use um, digital infrastructure uh, to monitor uh, and to have a better idea of the actual uh, energy performance of buildings, new or renovated or, or, or energy infrastructure. Uh, because we know that uh, between the design phase, the construction phase, and the real life with the real people inside, there are discrepancy between uh, theoretical calculations mm -hmm. and uh, and the real uh, energy performance. And it's important for us, uh, for sure. We know that for such large urban projects, there are uh, many things for which uh, we need to improve or to make progress. What we just try to do is not to do twice the same mistakes. So for us, uh, digital. Um, Infrastructure is mainly used uh, for evaluation or better understanding of environmental performance of the neighborhood. Um, we have, uh, in particular, uh, developed our work in collaboration with the city data platform uh, to develop this and to set up guidelines uh, for the, the tenders. However, uh, there is a huge uh, challenge related to the quality of the data because uh, that's one thing to have some uh, smart meters or to set up guidelines before the works. But very often uh, we can notice that uh, there are many different uh, type of data protocol, many different type of meters. Uh, sometimes uh, the meters are not properly plugged. And uh, if we don't spend a lot of effort uh, to ensure consistency all along the project and to ensure or check uh, data quality, uh, actually the data is a bit uh, useless. And moreover, mm -hmm. you need a long time frame to analyze and to have valuable lesson learned from the data collection. It's really at the scale of the building, so we don't we don't need to deal with the individual data. Uh, but from what we can see, the, the challenge is more to ensure uh, consistency of the data, of the quality of the data between various stakeholders, uh, than to get the consent from the owner of the building because it's not individual data. And as soon as we explain it properly, and it's really um, the data sharing is really limited to a few stakeholders involved in the evaluation of the urban project. So far, it hasn't been a big problem the, the consent okay. to get the consent.
switching from smart to social because um, I always consider that a smart city should not only be about data but also include social aspects and that's something that is um, has become particularly important in those last um, months where we have been locked down and needed our neighbors even more than before. How did you take um, those social aspects into account and how are you preventing this district to become victim of gentrification? So um, indeed it's a, it's a concern uh, since the beginning because uh, when uh, the Lyon Confluence Urban Project started, uh, actually it was a neighborhood with a very bad image and uh, most of people uh, who were not living or working there uh, really um, didn't want to go in this neighborhood. So uh, part of the solution was to provide a, a way for people from outside to come to this neighborhood. So uh, mm -hmm. that's why we, we started with the uh, uh, public spaces, uh, for, for instance, all along the riverbank. And uh, the, the fact that public spaces has a, a strong uh, importance uh, in the urban project is still valid. So public spaces meaning that everyone can benefit of green spaces uh, very close to its um, home or close to its uh, uh, workspace. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't only uh, built uh, new buildings uh, we are also either building either retrofitting uh, many public facilities such as uh, school uh, gym hall uh, concert hall and so on so it's really uh, also part of the urban project uh, to have uh, public infrastructure public facilities and, and public spaces um, in the in the way we organize uh, the selection of the real estate developer that are able or has the right to build new buildings. Uh, we never sell the land uh, by uh, with the only purpose of making an auction and uh, the one who is paying the, the most is going to win or has the right to build. That's not uh, the way we work. There is, of course, a, a price, a selling price, but uh, the, the quality of the project has a, a very uh, important, uh, very big importance because, of mm -hmm. course, if you if you don't do that, it increases the risk of, of gentrification. Uh, there is, uh, in our guidelines, it's not only about environmental guidelines, but it's also uh, guidelines about uh, the proportion of uh, social housing, office spaces, private housing, and shops. Uh, and the proportion of social housing we impose in our guidelines, it's much higher than the average in the city of Lyon, uh, mm -hmm. depending if you talk about social housing for renting or social uh, housing for buying. But it's uh, almost half of the new housing that are social or that have a social status. So it's a way to try to avoid uh, gentrification, but it's Again, just one part of the solution, we uh, recently started to work a bit uh, uh, closely with many stakeholders such as uh, real estate developers, architects, uh, engineers, etc. to uh, monitor closely the cost of the construction of the new buildings in mm -hmm. order to be able to not to increase too much the cost of construction. But uh, that's how we try to avoid gentrification, even if it's the, the price of the uh, buildings or the price of the square meter in the neighborhood has increased since the beginning of the human project. But it's not necessarily 
only the consequence of the urban project. Uh, Lyon increased anyways for the whole of the city, no? For the whole city, because Lyon is a city that is attracting uh, many, the, its population is growing each year. So if there is more demand, it's also increased the price. So yeah, we try, we try to limitate uh, justification, but uh, once again, we are just uh, the urban developers, so there are actions we can take, and there are also uh, influence from outside on, on, on which it's difficult to have a, a really uh, um, good way to to manage or to master, uh, to master uh, factor that can also contribute to gentrification. So I would say that part of the gentrification uh, can be a proof that uh, Lyon Confluence uh, urban project succeed so far mm -hmm. because uh, it's a new neighborhood that attract people but it's still a, a concern and we try to to work in many ways to uh, preserve the fact that the aim is to make a new neighborhood accessible to everyone and oh, all kind mm -hmm. of populations excellent and your neighborhood is is halfway done now so um there are still you said it's until 2030 more or less that um that the, the project will go on. What are until now the lessons that you've learned and lessons that you would like to share with our listeners? Few key factors contributed to the fact uh, that Lyon Confluence is what it is uh, today. Uh, one is the political support uh, to make this uh, urban renewal project reality. Um, I would say that the second one is the uh, uh, coherence and consistency on the features and components of the urban project since the beginning, in particular related to sustainable development and with the continuous evolvement of, uh, of many people that have been working in this urban project for many, many years uh, and, and try to keep uh, uh, the project on good track. And uh, I would say that uh, another aspect is the fact that uh, since many years, uh, we try to uh, make continuous improvement and we are fully aware that in all what is done in your Confluence, there is nothing perfect and there is on all the topics uh, progress we can make. So we try to assess what we are doing in order not to reproduce uh, twice the same mistakes. And we try also to share the lesson learned uh, outside uh, our project or outside mm -hmm. the stakeholder we meet on a daily basis in order to uh, contribute to an improvement of the quality of the urban project but also to contribute to uh, improvement of the urban project outside of our territory so if i can take for instance the example of the topic of energy renovation mm -hmm. uh, today energy renovation of building in your confluence it's uh, um, uh, 70,000 square meters and it's 20 buildings on all sides. Um, so it, it is still a, a small part of the neighborhood, but we have learned a lot uh, during the last years and we have set up a club of uh, stakeholders involved in uh, renovation, energy renovation, not only in our neighborhood, but also outside um, in order to work with this uh, Broad range of stakeholders, the whole ecosystem. So, whether about, we talk about social housing operator, real estate developer, construction company, engineer, and architect, um, companies, uh, uh, facility manager, for instance, in order to contribute to the improvement and to the setting up of the energy master plan of the Greater Lyon Authority uh, that set up a big objective for energy renovation by 2030.
Now, a final question, Etienne, because we've come already to the end of the interview. You've been working on this project for many years now, and there are still a few years to come until the, the project ends. What, what are your personal resources and motivation behind the work? I would say that uh, my personal uh, motivation is a bit similar to many of my colleagues is the is the fact that we have the opportunity to uh, work on a large uh, uh, urban project uh, which is a combination of strategic aspects by paving the way for the the work uh, in the next year and and keeping the the urban project on good track but it's also the collaboration between various stakeholders, uh, some at the, at the very operational level and very urgent and concrete project to solve, for instance, uh, for the construction works, and some uh, more at long term uh, with whom uh, we are working to, uh, to, to make progress for the, the next feature of the project. And we have uh, to keep in mind constantly the fact that uh, making a new, new project or new features or innovation, uh, it's only for the purpose of uh, making life for inhabitants and workers better, and not just uh, to say that we are pioneer or we experiment uh, new things. So that's, I think, all this uh, balance and combination of uh, aspect that is that makes the, the works uh, challenging and, and interesting. I understand very well. That sounds uh, like an exciting job. And I think the this podcast episode will also contribute to your uh, idea and will to share uh, your knowledge and to extend what you're doing in Lyon Confluence with others. Uh, thank you so much, Etienne, for taking us behind the scenes of uh, Lyon Confluence, which is one of the largest urban redevelopment projects in France. I don't know if we mentioned it before, but that's important to say. We will keep an eye on, on the further developments in the next years. We wish you good luck with the next uh, steps and next adventures that you and your team will have. Thank, thank you very you. much. For those who want to get more information, have a look at the Smarter Together website, smarter-together.eu, where you can learn more about the three lighthouse cities in the project Lyon, Vienna and Munich, and much more. <laughs>